We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia, joined in the studio with Lewis and Rachel. Hello, people. Hello. Thank Hello. goodness you guys are here. It's I like, listened oh to God. last week's show. You did a great job. It's I don't know so, what you're talking about. It's so hard. It's a tough gig to do a show all by yourself. Uh, Lewis, thank you for doing that for us. I um, went off uh, on special. Well, the, the story goes, Rachel... It's all my fault. Um, Rachel was supposed to go and see a screening at Gran Turismo. And the reason you were I was so go excited. ...is because you and hubby love cars yeah. and, and car racing. So you were prepped, ready, looking forward to going to see this film. Very much so. Um, unfortunately, uh, the flu hit you pretty hard. So you said, oh, can't go. And Lewis said to me, if you want to go to the movie... You can. And I kind of thought straight away, yes, I really want to go to this movie because I wanted to see it too. But being a Thursday night, got to come and do the show. Yeah, makes it difficult. So when Lewis said, do you want to go? I was like trying to be polite and saying to him, oh, I can come and do the show. (laughs) It's like nobody wants to say, yep. You know, know, it's no problems at all, Lewis. And then he goes, no, I'll leave it up to you. And I said, right, I'm going to the movie. Damn straight. Damn straight. (laughs) And I'm glad I did because it was a really enjoyable mm. film, uh, which I will talk about um, during this this show. But we Good do have a, hear. we do have a big show. We've got uh, Gran Turismo, and I keep meaning to go or keep going to say <laughs> Gran Torino, which oh. is a completely different film. No Clint Eastwood uh, in this no one. No Clint Eastwood in this film. Uh, we've also got the new Wes Anderson film, Asteroid City, uh, Dracula. Uh, What's the... Rise of... Sorry, not Rise of the Demeter. Uh, Voyage of the Demeter. Thank you, which is yeah. one of the, the Dracula stories um, set on on the boat, this well, one, isn't it? I actually um, I actually brought in my one of my copies of Dracula because I do have several copies of Dracula. Uh, this is um, a copy from the, uh, the 90s uh, and uh, I know it's from the 90s because when I opened it up, a, a card fell out from the comic <laughs> shop that I used to work in uh, in uh, in um, Northbridge called The Comic Shop and on the back of it it's got written February 10th, Wednesday, 3.20 Murdoch Drive. Ooh. And it makes me wonder, oh. what was happening February what was 10th happening? at Wednesday, 3.20 at Murdoch Drive? I have no idea. Something important clearly because you marked yeah. it on a card and put it in a book. So. Yeah, very strange. But the other thing I, fa- I found in here as well, um, I was clearly reading this on a bus because I have got old Transperth bus tickets. I need to have a look at these. Oh, my God. I remember these. That's cray-cray. Yeah. So that wow. one, and my bus trip cost me... 50 cents. Far out. It looks like the ink's quite, kind of faded off those. Yeah, I'm, but to be honest, that's that's pretty good. I'm pretty surprised the ink's actually still there. Yeah. I'm trying to find like a date or, but I guess the time is 11.15. Yeah. 
uh, my, this, this was 9.45. There was you go. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, Issued yeah. subject to trust rules and regulations to show on demand. But the reason I brought the book in was because <coughs> I wanted to, to show you uh, that do, 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 um, the actual the movie that I saw last night, Voyage of the Demeter, um, is based on that much of the book. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's 10, 10 pages of the book. Ooh. Well, you know, a lot of really fantastic um, movies are developed from short stories because it's often very hard to squeeze a novel into a film. So you think about Stephen King's books. Um, he's got The Body, which was turned into uh, Stand By Me, and then, you know, Apt Pupil was another short story, mm-hmm. and um, Rita Hayworth, which ends up as uh, Shawshank Redemption, all from the same book, I should say. Uh, four seasons but yeah and then you've got big chunky books like The Shining which he <laughs> thinks was ruined by uh, Kubrick oh. 16th to 12th 92 Oy. 16th to 12th I was you? in year 6 how, how old were you since you here I was Did... born in 92 so there oh you go oh my god what, when was it 16th of the no, 16th of December oh, oh sorry so you were like 4 months old four or something old. oh look at that That's... and I was in year 6 and I was on a bus. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, that's that's great. And you've got uh, multiple copies of Dracula, anyway, don't you? But that's just one one of your many. I, I do. I do have multiple copies of Dracula. That's uh, like me and Alice in Wonderland. I like never read it, but if there's a cool version of it, I will buy it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like a good hardcover or a paperback with a cool cover on it. I, yeah. I'm the same. Uh, it's nice to have those things if you really love them in your collection mm. to just, peruse and admire. I just how tea stained this is. Oh, yeah. You like, can tell it's an old book yeah. from the... I, I would love to sniff it, but um, it does, it's I got, probably still don't oh, have a sense got, of smell. It's got some really nice, like... You know, people, like, really, they, they appreciate... Book aromas. Well, no, I was thinking, like, you've got a whiskey or something like that. They go, oh, yes, yes, mm. yes. And, but, yeah, we're getting an old book and smelling it. And, mm, yes. That's mm, I can smell, smell the tannins. Yes, yes, it's, 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 Paper from an old oak yeah. tree. <laughs> oh, no, don't make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very, very nice. But the, the Dracula on this, though, he is so... It must have been printed in the 70s because, I mean, look at that head. Oh, look the at, hair. Look at the head on this guy. It's just, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, puff, uh, not puffy, buffy looking buffy. Um, mm. ha- hairstyle he's got. So, Love it. Um, yeah, but I'll be talking more about that uh, later on the show. Sweet. Uh, spoilers, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll talk about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold I'll Excellent. Hold so, mm. yeah, plenty to talk about. Yeah, um, and despite the fact that I had almost a week and a half off work, I barely watched anything. Um, so just heads up, guys, the, f- the actual flu is out there at the moment. Um, more so than COVID, did and you, it's not did, fun. Did you not get your flu jab thing? I did, so got, I got, can't imagine how bad this would have been without my flu you jab. You got the flu I, jab and you got the flu. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've been quarantining in my house, so um, Chris and Bryce haven't got it, and my doctor said if they haven't had it now, they won't be getting it, mm-hmm. so because I'm no longer contagious. But, yes, it's not. it was not fun. No. No. Um, but anyway, so just heads up, people. Mm. Yes, be careful, wear your masks and just um, get your jabs. I did watch Don't uh, Worry Darling again. Oh, did you know? Yeah, 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 because I wanted to kind of pick up more than I did on the first go round. It is one of those films where you probably would, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I still loved the heck out of that movie. Mm. 
I think I liked it even more the second time around because when I got to the end, I wasn't like I, I asked a lot of questions afterwards, like logic questions. Um, but I think I just enjoyed it for what it was this time around. It's very good. It's on Netflix. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Lewis, I'm sure you watched uh, the SummerSlam on the I, weekend or have you not well, watched it no, yet? No, I did. I did um, uh, like watch, but I find with <coughs> with wrestling now, there's so much wrestling out mm-hmm. there uh, that I, I can't uh, watch it all. So I'm finding myself just like fast forwarding through a lot of stuff to get the storyline. Yeah. Uh, although I did hear some stuff uh, like uh, Brock Lesnar uh, versus Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. and that the the end of the fight where he like yo know, shows a bit of respect to him. And I was like, I've got to see this. Brock Lesnar showing some respect. This will be interesting. <laughs> he's a bloody machine, that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's probably as tall as Cody Rhodes, but, you know, triple as yeah. wide. Uh, he's a chunky man, a beast, they call him. Meanwhile, I'm like, I know who John Cena is <laughs> and The Rock <laughs> and Hulk Hogan. Well done, you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see me. We're going we're gonna to go to the wrestling on uh, on Saturday. We are. EPW, uh, Perth in the Canning, Canning Showgrounds. So, yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be good. Sweet. Some love wrestling. Mm. Love it. Uh, anyway, I, I watched some SummerSlam on the weekend, but uh, I also went to the rugby. So, oh, the rugby yeah. as well. Uh, Double header. So, yeah, very sportsy this yeah. uh, following past weekend. So, Well, did you watch the Matildas um, beat Denmark the other night? Ooh, we no. let Bryce stay up late to watch it. Oh, it does was he like very, it? Does he? Well, yeah, he's just started playing soccer. They all play Cute. soccer at school. So, yeah, we stayed up and watched it. It was very noisy at our house when they kicked their goals because they won two to zero. So... It was very exciting. What day was that? That was that. I think was Monday. Oh right, because it must have been a good match because they replayed it last night. And ah. uh, when before we went to watch the uh, Dracula, um, we uh, went to Varsity and, uh, oh, yeah. and they have stuff on screens, and that was one of the things on the screens. Yep. I was like, why are people not more interested in this? And it was like, oh, it's a replay. That's why. <laughs> yes, that would be why. Yeah, I'm sure our neighbours heard us. Because they don't get many goals. It's not like the footy when there's a goal all the time. Mm. Mm. So, you know, you've got to celebrate. You do. Do they, play the, do they pl- the play the theme song? I suppose a the theme song for <laughs> Australia would be the national anthem. Yeah. So they probably don't. Like, they don't. Play that big version of the national but anthem. But when, when they, you know, hit get the goal, they do like a little performance and whatnot. So one of them did the Ronaldo, whatever he does. Right. It's all Greek to me. I don't really. <laughs> Bryce is like, Ronaldo's my favourite player and I'm like have you ever seen him play and who does he play with and who like he doesn't know he just it's what people say in the in the school ground fair fair enough yeah Mm -hmm. anyway I I have no idea the the, the players playing I know who David Beckham is oh you do yes I I also know who Beckham is Uh Uh, but funny story from the rugby is uh the Rabbitohs played the second match uh and I forget who against. People are probably screaming out their car. No, they're not. Videos. We've got movie listeners. They're uh, yeah. like, why are you talking about rugby? <laughs> but the mascot is obviously a rabbit, right? Mm. And it's not Russell Crowe? No, it's not. But uh, this rabbit comes out and, look, the energy is lacking in a mascot. Like, you expect your mascot yeah. to be, you know, revving up the crowd, doing all of this stuff. And I'm sitting there with my brother and we're kind of going, oh, what's wrong with this mascot? He's he- hardly able to hold up this rabbit head like, it is was it, Russell Crowe. Is, is it a 12-year-old kid or, or something? And, you know, I kept kind of bagging him out. <laughs> and then halfway through the game, they did this honorary thing. Apparently, it's a 72-year-old man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes. So, boy, did I feel bad about bagging this guy out because I was expecting him to do some little dances, maybe do the floss or maybe you a know, flip. some fist pumps, a couple of cartwheels and flips. And, you know, I wasn't getting that. And I'm going, what's wrong with this mascot? <laughs> Can't really thinking, do any flips. Your head would fall off, well, surely. Well, you know, thinking it's a, you know, a 12-year-old kid that's just been given the gig and he's not really into it or, uh, well... It was, you know, a 72-year-old man. So I do apologise. 72 man. He was right into it. He's just, he was willing, but his body was not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So good on him. And, um, yeah, I do take back all the things I said, but uh, there you go. But we might all the take... All things I said. All the things yeah. I said. Good song. Might <laughs> take a break and we'll come back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show Unscripted Nights, you are listening to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, Lewis, you're going to tell us all about Dracula. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the uh, the Dracula, the uh, voyage of the Demeter, um, not Demeter, a cat was going, it's, it's, it's Demeter, it's pronounced Demeter. And I was like, it's, it looks like it should be. Yeah, I'm sure. I can completely see why a cat would yeah, say that because I, I would have been on her side. Yeah. I was, I'm sure it's Demeter, I don't know. But maybe it was just one of those things where, you know, you, you've read something and you go, that, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like the pronunciation in my head. There was this um, whiskey that we used to drink, uh, which uh, is a Scottish whiskey, obviously. It's got yeah. Um, and we were calling it a Shantashan. And we're going, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a, a Shantashan. It's nice, nice little grand, this is a Shantashan. <laughs> we really like this is a Shantashan. Went to the distillery. Welcome to Ockentoshan. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were well wrong. Yeah. You, didn't, you weren't even close. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. So, yeah, so Demeter, like I'd always, like that's what it was in my head. It was kind of like, yeah, Dracula came to England on the Demeter and he like totally slaughtered the crew on the way over. Um, and then Kat was like, no, it's Demeter. And I was like, I'm Really? Is my head wrong? And then we went to the movie, and it was like, Captain, the, 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 the movie starts, and it's like the, the local police are like, Constable, you've got to come down. This this boat's crashed. It's called the Demeter. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Did you celebrate that loudly at the cinemas? No, I that didn't. That would have no, been embarrassing. Would've, would've You're been like, good. I told you! <laughs> I told you! In your face! <laughs> Yeah, I told you so. I told you so. Uh, uh, I told you so. No, I didn't do that. I did Kat, not. He did it afterwards in the car park. <laughs> I'm a, to be honest, I'm surprised Cat was at this screening. Because it's a horror film. it's a horror film. I think she has a get-out-of-jail-free cards for vampires. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because they're not always that scary. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like... And, oh, she's she's responding to you. Is she? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What, what did she say? Uh, um... Nor did I ever correct you. I never said Demitar, <laughs> nor did I ever correct you. Oh. So it sounds like some revisionist history going on. <laughs> Yours or hers? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, the, 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 the film is, like, as I said, based on, like, ten pages of mm-hmm. the, the, the book Dracula. And it is, uh, in, the, in the book, it's, it's pretty much uh, taking uh, some uh, newspaper article saying, oh, my God, this boat rocked up in England. Uh, everyone's dead. Captain's, like, lashed himself to the wheel and stuff. This is pretty terrible. Um, and then they found the captain's log, and it's kind of like, day one, we've just loaded up. Everything's fine. Day two, oh, things are starting to die this isn't good um and, and and it goes on like that and so it's there's not a lot in in the novel to to, to play off but mm. they've kind of um 
they've kind of uh, expanded out that that story. So, and like, I'm not a purist. I'm not going. Okay, all I want to do is go in here and I want to see Dracula kill all the crew. I don't want them adding characters. I, I just want to, you know, just want to be what it is. Uh, that's not the case. I, I just want, you know, it's only ten pages. You've got to make a story out of this. So add characters in. Go to town. Um, so they get on the, the, the ship. Uh, you've got uh, the captain of the ship is Captain Elliot, played by uh, Liam Cunningham. If you are a fan of Game of Thrones, you will recognise him. Um, his uh, second in command is David uh, is Wo- uh, Wojciech, played by uh, David Desmolchen. Uh, David Desmolchen uh, is the character actor that you would have seen in lots of different things. He was in Batman, he's in Ant-Man. Uh, Movies in ending in any, Am. Any man, any man <laughs> film, he's in it. Um, he was an Oppenheimer <laughs> recently. Yeah, he was, he, he was an Oppenheimer as well. Um, Corey Hawkins plays Clements, and he is a, uh, a black doctor. Went to uh, I think went to um, oh, it's one of those one of those like posh schools in in England. Um, Oxford, Cambridge. <laughs> yes, he went to Oxford, Cambridge. Um, They're two different places. <laughs> okay, that was the joke. Stop making the joke. That was a joke. <laughs> it's, uh, it, uh, um, but yeah, so. And then you've got, like, the, the various uh, crew members, uh, or as I like to call them, victims. Oh, um, no. Because this is, like, this is a film where, like, uh, you know, everyone dies. Like, there, there's no... There's no in, uh, if you know anything about Dracula, in the voyage of uh, the Demeter, it's not good news for anyone on that voyage. But they've also... Um, Introducer Clemens, I don't think he was a character in the, in the book. And I don't know if they actually named... I should have really reread that section. It was only 10 pages. I was lazy. I apologise. Yeah, but you know what? It'll make... I think watching the film and then going back to the story will make the story more enjo- enjoyable, yeah. I reckon. But, yeah, so, so uh, you got uh, Clemens, uh, played by Corey Hawkins, and he's the, the doctor. Um, he, uh, like, gets, gets onto the ship and... Uh, then uh, he discovers that there is a person uh, in on the ship with oh. the boxes of dirt because basically Dracula is needs to have the earth of his homeland to be able to survive um, and if he doesn't have that he'll die. So he is like taking 50 plus boxes of dirt from uh, Transylvania to um, England uh, to go to Carfax Abbey, his new, his new home. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's peckish. He's and, hungry. And, uh, it's so, a long trip. You can't not eat the whole yeah. time. I know. And so uh, Anna, played by Ainsley uh, Francisco, um, she is basically uh, Dracula's snacky snack. And, uh, but then, like, something happens and she gets discovered. And they go, oh, my God, it's a stowaway. Uh, let's throw her overboard. And, and Clemens is like, no, let's not. Let's, like, you know, she's obviously got, like, a, you know, a blood disorder. Let's, like, you know, nurse her back to health and everything will be cool. Um, so they do that. But then there's all these mysterious deaths that are happening on the, on the ship, including, you know, dog and livestock and, uh, and then, you know, the, the actual crew. Um, and there, there, there's, like, a lot of um, – basically Dracula in this is, is the alien in Aliens, uh, in the first Alien film. Where uh, you've oh. got because you've got a ship and you've got people dying and you've got yeah. a monster that's stalking them and it's like all powerful. I like it. There's some really great stuff in here and the the, the version of Dracula that they've used in this film is um, more of a Nosferatu kind of Dracula. So really creepy looking. Yeah, so he's not like a a good looking 
kind of Dracula. Is yeah. that yeah. yeah? So the the guy who plays him, Javier Botet, he's Spanish and he's been in a lot of horror movies. So I was looking at him, thinking, you know. Um, because I didn't quite recognise his face. So I'm going through his pictures on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Huge mistake. Like every single one of them is like a creature feature of the <laughs> week. Like really, where's the creepiest one? Uh, I have to find it. Uh, there's so many of them. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's wears a lot of makeup this, in, and he's very creepy. This is not the kind of Dracula who's a, a sexy kind of Dracula. No. It's not the, uh, oh, damn, I like a sexy Track. No one doesn't anyway. like Spike. Is this? Uh, imagine that Spike on the on the voyage. Is this set in modern day or no. old days? This is set during. Sorry, you probably said that already. <coughs> during the time of uh, of like you know, where Dracula is set, which was like turn of the century, eighteen hundreds to nineteen hundreds. Because I knew like obviously oh, <laughs> the original was set in the old days, but I was like maybe this one's on a cruise ship or something. <laughs> on that. a cruise ship, <laughs> Dracula. Could you like... imagine? <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't know. You know how sometimes people like to do a modern take on things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm glad they stuck. That would with be it. like a, a comedy take. Yeah, I'm, the love boat. <laughs> oh my god! I'm glad they stuck with the traditional. Yeah, no, time no, no. Frame. Definitely, definitely set. Uh, you know, in the the olden days where uh, you used sails and stuff to get around. Good. Um, so there's like people like you know. Ooh, that is a creepy. Are, are you looking at some of the pictures? Yeah, that yeah. is creepy. Holy mackerel. So I am surprised, actually. How how did Cat go? She went really well. Was she creeped out? I don't. I don't think she covered I'm her eyes. I'm a little bit creeped out. I don't think she covered her eyes at all uh, during during the movie. I think she did did very very well. The creature uh, kind of makes or breaks the film sometimes. Yeah. If it's not a good, you know, looking. Not not. You that's know what not I mean. what you mean. Yeah, not a sexy look. But at <laughs> like a, a well. Made designed. designed. No, it was a, it was a good design. Yeah. Although I think in some parts of the film, it was a. I don't know if it was a CG uh, Dracula or not, because yeah. uh, there was some people "Oh, you look a bit weird there." Um, but uh, for the most part, it was it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it's uh, I think the the Dracula they use him very sparsely. Like there's not like full on action scenes where they're, they're versus Dracula. It's kind of like he's there and he's not there, and it's ah. uh, it's done very well with the suspense and everything like that. But there is a a, um, a kid in the film. What's a kid's name? Um, trying to find who the uh, the, the the young lad was because the uh, Captain Elliot has got a uh, uh, Toby yeah. played by Woody Norman. Yes, yeah. So he's got a grandson because the uh, you know back in the day people would just die and his daughter died and so he's got looks after his grandson uh, and it's uh, his last cruise um, and which you should never say in a movie of this kind because it's just going to invite things to happen. Um, so yeah, and uh, I, I was just really pleased. Like it was, you know, what I wanted from knowing what I did from the Dracula book, but they expanded on it to make it interesting, and they actually like tease something at the the end of it. And I was like, going, oh, I could I could do with a sequel to this film. That's really cool. I I like the concept because you think about how cool Alien was, and yeah, taking that idea and revamping Dracula on 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 the boat like mm. it's. That's cool. And the thing is, we never you never see you, you never see what happens in the book. You know, when you read it, it doesn't tell you really what happens. Yeah. But here it expands it out, and you see the fate of the people on the the boat, and um, it's just uh, it, there's some really good effects in there as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was just 
I was really, really happy. It's, it's one of those ones which I will buy on Blu-ray or DVD should I get the chance. <laughs> um, it's never, never really uh, you know, a guarantee these days that they'll release it. Um, but yeah, it's great. And people should go and see it because then they'll make more old school horror films like this. So mm. I am going to give this one um, four and a half. What do I give it? Four and a half. Axes. Oh, there were axes in the film. Oh, I just saw a picture of the one of the dudes, <laughs> the, the doctor, and he was holding an axe. There were axes in the film. But I'm going to give it four and a half crooked fangs because his fangs were like not like you know nice little two pointy fangs. He had like all fangs all over the place. It was full on. Straight <laughs> to the dentist. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, yeah it does. I'm quite. I I, I was going to go to this and then I I didn't. But I'm there was no way of, I was not going to this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You put Dracula. You would have had to be dying and bleeding out of your eyes to not go. <laughs> you put Dracula in the title of a film. I'm there. You're yeah, there therefore to see it. Uh, well, we might go to another break and come back and talk about more films. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Welcome back. Now. Kids, did you guys ever play Gran Turismo when you were younger? No. Or when you were older? I don't know. My husband still plays it now. I so, have you quite know. fond memories of Gran Turismo and nostalgia, which is why I was quite excited to see this film because I used to have uh, the little car wheel and you would get on and you would play and it's basically one of the best car uh, simulation games available in the world. Mm. And now I, when I went to see Gran Turismo, I know the game. That is about it. That's mm. kind of all I knew. So when I went into this film, I didn't know what story was going to be told. Now, we meet this guy, Jan who uh, is just obsessed with this game. He's clocked probably more hours than, you know, a real you know, race car driver on Gran Turismo and he wants to be a car racer. He wants to race uh, in, in the big league. So this is the story of him and how he comes to be a race car driver. Now, how we get here is that Nissan sponsors these video game competitions so they it was a big marketing ploy from Nissan mm. um, in about 2011 where they gave Gran Turismo players the opportunity to become actual professional race car drivers. Now, don't get too bogged down in the logistics because yep. I know it's a bit complex and you think, you know, how can you take, a, you know, mm. a, a game and get the person behind an actual wheel of a car like Surely that's out of the question and can't be done. Well, we all we've all seen Last Starfighter. We know that, like you know, they're they're using games as training grounds for future people doing stuff. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So this is kind of one of the greatest marketing tactics uh, for the game because Yarn competes in this competition. There's ninety thousand other people. Holy moly! And he goes to this boot camp with uh, a couple of other people who are, are the best around the world and the person who wins the boot camp then is thrust into the world of professional race car driving and Jan happens to be the winner but obviously you know he's a bit of an underdog Uh, he's a gamer so you get into this competition and obviously all the other drivers are going to be like you don't deserve to be here you're just a, a nerd you're just a gamer 
all of that. Mm. Obviously, even, you know, everything to the mechanics um, and, you know, the guys who work on the cars were really, you know, against this. But then comes Jack Salter, who is played by David Harbour. He's a guy who is going to train Yarn uh, to be the best of the best and to prove the world that, uh, you know, Gran Turismo is the best simulation uh, race car game out there mm-hmm. everything right down to the mechanics to the physics of this so you know Gran Turismo the creator worked so hard to get the cars accurate to get the you know real life tracks uh, accurate the physics of you know the braking and the steering uh, it's that accurate that they wanted to prove to the world that you could take somebody who plays the game, put them in the car, and they'd be able to achieve what they can achieve, uh, you know, playing Mm. the game. So that's what this story is about and the true story of Jan who overcomes uh, all of this and who enters Le Mans, or Le Mans, I should say, which is one of the most gruelling races in the world. It's a 24-hour race. uh, And, yeah, his story. And, look, I'm not going to ruin too much, but uh, he's a professional race car driver. Uh, he went from being a guy who played the game to now driving cars uh, mm. in real life. So that's what this story is. You've also got uh, Orlando Bloom who plays Danny Moore. He's the marketing guru behind Nissan. He's the one that came up with this idea uh, to get, you know, gamers mm. behind the wheel. And they still have these competitions. Uh, I believe it was a TV series that you could watch years ago where you watched these gamers, you know, become professional athletes Mm. uh, in cars. But it's just, I remember I started watching this film and I'm like, surely you can't do that. Like there's a safety thing, responsibility here. You can't just take somebody who plays the game just because they've clocked more hours than, you know, an actual, you know, driver and put them behind a steering wheel. But apparently the game is so (laughs) realistic that uh, you can which blows my mind. And it dip, like there's a lot of people who um, create their own racing simulators. Chris mm-hmm. made a racing simulator. I don't know if it was for Gran Turismo, Torino, Turismo <laughs> uh, or not, but, you know, he made the whole seat and the, the wheel and everything and some people do it so that the the thing actually vibrates and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. It's, it's very cool. It's um yeah, it's just an incredible true story about an underdog who, you know, wanted to do something and he did it and he proved everybody wrong. Uh, the film obviously details some of those hurdles that he had to, you know, overcome and the logistics of racing and things like that. I really, really loved the relationship between uh, Jack and Yarn from like kind of mentor and mentee. Mm-hmm. Um, mentee? Yep, mentor. I think so. Yeah, um, that... Yep you know, relationship because, you know, Jack was this guy who was, you know, he didn't believe it could be done either. And then he met Jan and was like, oh, you know, this kid's great. And that relationship kind of blossoms throughout. Mm. So I really enjoyed that. And yeah, just the car racing was awesome. And I got to the end of this film and I was actually so emotionally overwhelmed um, that I I loved this film. I'm a huge fan of these types of films, you know, Ford versus Ferrari. Classic. Um, So, you know, I was very excited. You know, Mm. I'm so sorry you were sick, but, you know, thank you for letting me go in your place. (laughs) Um, But, no, this is a great film. Uh, It's good fun. Uh, It's 
yeah, just really the story's awesome and uh, great acting as well. I really, really enjoy David Harbour. He's mm. fantastic. I haven't seen him in anything because I'm, I haven't quite got onto Stranger Things. Where did you see that Santa Slays? No, um, uh, Santa Slays. Well done. That's a really great title. It, it was actually Violent, um, Violent, Violent Night. Night. Sorry, sorry. But Santa, but Santa Slays, is that's great. Santa Slays was actually a, a horror movie from the oh. 80s. Because so, okay. yeah. um, I, I was going to say, wow, how cool are you coming up with that great title? No. I haven't seen Violent Night yet, <laughs> but I did notice it pop up on Netflix. So <gasps> I'm probably going to give that a watch this weekend. So, yeah, no, really, really great film. I am going to score this a five blowing out busted tyres. There you go. That's that's fair enough. Um, That film is in cinemas tonight. I would recommend going to the biggest screen possible with, like, Dolby Atmos Mm. to get the full... Uh, full experience and full effect. But uh, I was certainly riding a high after this film. I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just an astonishing, crazy story uh, about, yeah, someone doing what they want to do and proving the world wrong. Can I just say I am shocked uh, that you haven't gotten into uh, Stranger Things because it's right up your alley. Everybody says that to me. They're like, and that's why you haven't watched it. Cause you're like, no, stop telling me that. <laughs> I think I tried to watch it and it didn't quite pull me in, but I, you know, I didn't quite give it enough time to, yeah. So I need to go back and rewatch it. But mm. uh, yeah, everyone does say it's, it's, it's kind of my thing. So why haven't I seen it? So maybe that's what I need to get onto. Maybe. And um, yeah, get onto that. So uh, yeah. That is uh, Gran Turismo in cinemas now. And how many how many things did you give it? I gave it five busted out blowing tires. tires. There's been a lot of good movies this uh, year so far. Santa's Santa Slay. I'm sorry, it wasn't a 80s film. It was actually a 2005 film uh, starring Bill Very Goldberg. Different. I think the film I'm thinking of is Silent Night, Deadly Night. So <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, I have not seen Violent Night and it is a film I want to see. I, I did see. just check. It's definitely on Netflix and right. I'm I'm like, bang up. I'm going to have to do that shortly. I might, I might watch that tonight, actually. It's so funny. Oh. Have you, did you see it in the end? I, I'm not, well, I'm waiting for Christmas, aren't I? Oh, <laughs> well, oh, maybe it's a wait for Christmas sort of situation, but... Oh, now I'm it's, debating because we are only a four months out, right? Yeah, maybe you should wait. Should I wait too? I don't know. Maybe we should have like a Christmas night and we all watch it together. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do um, do that. Maybe we I'll should probably out. plan our own lives like away from the microphone. That's true. <laughs> yes. But you you both saw Asteroid City. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah we both saw Asteroid it City. It is. Yeah. Um, shall we take a small break and pop oh, back to let's Asteroid do that. City? Oh, hold on. In a moment, we'll take a break when I'm ready. When, when I'm ready? ready, and I'm ready now. Okay. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Welcome back to Welcome Unscripted, back. the film show. That wasn't a very good um, intro. I do apologise oh, there. Heck, it's uh, fine. Do you um, have you heard of somebody called Candy Montgomery? No. So is this an influencer or someone I should? Uh, oh, I really <laughs> hope not. Um, or a his, historical uh, figure, maybe. Insulin. A little bit. Okay. So. Candy Montgomery in the 80s um, murdered her friend in a quite horrific way and then there's two TV series about it at the moment. Um, One came out last year and one came out this year. 
One of them is called Candy. It's on Disney Plus and it's got um, Jessica Biel in the role of Candy and um, the very amazing Melanie Linsky as um, as the poor friend who, who gets taken out. Um, and then there's Love and Death, which is on Prime, and it's got um, um, Elizabeth Olsen playing the role of Candy Montgomery. So it's based on a true story, and there's a lot of true crime podcasts talking about it lately because those two TV series have come out. So I watched Candy first, like quite a few months ago on Disney+. Plus. Thought it was great. Thought Jessica Biel did a really good job. Um, but all these podcasts that I've been listening to keep going on and on and on about how good love and death is and it's on binge. So I'm like, well, fine, I'll pay for binge for one month and I'll watch it. <laughs> and it was nowhere near as good. And unfortunately, I think what, what's happened is, um, you know, what gets forgotten is the actual victim in, um, in the story, which is uh, which is really classic, that I'm actually forgetting the name. Um, no, Betty Gore. Um, so, yeah, she oh, doesn't. Wow. Her character doesn't get uh, talked about quite enough, and almost villainized. Mm. Like it's her own fault. Like because she was, you know, she was a middle school teacher, and people didn't really like her, and she was opinionated. And I don't know if her being opinionated is, you know, enough of a reason to murder someone. Yeah. So. And- yeah, it says here that Candice um, pled not guilty to, uh, on the basis of self-defense. Yeah, um, crazy. It's an insane story, and I think if you are going to choose one of them to watch, I think the Jessica Biel one is way better. Not just because of Jessica Biel, but um, Melanie Linsky. She is far and away, um, you know, totally watchable. And um, Pablo Schreiber is in it as well, and he's fantastic. Um, in Love and Death, you've got Elizabeth Olsen and um, Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. are the kind of two big names in that TV series, and that's on Binge. But So that's what I watched while, wow. while I was recuperating. What, so, a, what, a, what, a, what a something to watch. I but, know, um, I'm a weirdo. No, if, if that's what interests... You know, you, you have, then yeah. then you do. But um, no, good to know because I've just had a bit of a brief read of the uh, trial and story and it does sound quite interesting. It's so bananas. I, um, crazy. But yeah, I can see how the uh, the victim there, Betty, was overshadowed by uh, a Completely. lot of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, brings into question a lot of things about law and, and court mm. and things like that and history and how people are portrayed and yeah. things like that. So, mm, interesting. So, let's take a left-hand turn into Asteroid City. Yes, which is uh, Wes Anderson's 11th film. I can't claim to have seen all Wes Anderson films. Um, I did not see his most recent one, which was uh, The French Connection. Connection. The French Dispatch. The French French Dispatch, Dispatch. thank you. Um, Did you catch that one? one. Uh, Do either of you catch that one? I think I watched it on streaming. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know if... It, I mean, I think the last film of his I, I caught was probably The Grand Budapest Hotel, which was going back quite a few years it, now. Yeah, 2014. That's the last one I saw as well. Interesting. And I'm intrigued because last week... I listened to last week's show, which was um, Lewis's solo show, mm-hmm. and he said it twice. He said Grand Budapest Best, Hotel, best. and you've said Budapest. So Ooh, Sorry, I think you might... Well, I think Lewis is right. Really? Though. Because I was listening and I'm like... 
Well, I feel like an idiot because I've been saying Budapest for the in my entire life. I feel like I don't actually know, and I'm not going to claim to know. But um, no. did you want me to synopsize, or do you want to synopsize well, this well, one? Well, I did last week, so you do it this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn now. Yeah. Uh, so, Asteroid City. It's set in the middle of the American desert where they test atomic bombs. It's quite timely. It is with the Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Mm. But uh, the year is 1955, uh, and the town also boasts this kind of famous monument where a media once fell. Uh, and the basic scenario, from what I can gather, involves this annual gathering of high school science kids at the kind of tourist hub of the the crater mm-hmm. of the media. And among the parents, you've got actress Midge, played by uh, Scarlett Johansson, and photographer Augie Steenbeck, played by Jason Schwartzman. And the events of the film are kind of told as if we are watching a play. So there's a kind of a host of sub-stories during the film as well. It's guys, you know, guys does a, a play, essentially. Mm. Uh, so... As usual, Anderson kind of assembles, you know, impressive cast. You've got Tom Hanks, Tilda Swinton, uh, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton. And it's got his classic visual style, his, you know, colour palette, which Mm. is quite pastel. It's very bright. Uh, It's unique. It's quirky. The characters are strange, obscure. Uh, I personally don't think this was his greatest film, but I think fans will enjoy it with enthusiasm. I still am not quite sure what the film was trying to tell me. This is so interesting because <laughs> I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to last week's I episode. Haven't. But basically you said the exact same. It was that, you know, if you're a Wes Anderson fan, mm. you're going to love it. Mm. Yeah. It's not his best work though. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I and look, I did have a few laugh out loud moments. There are some really hysterical moments. I actually think I heard Cat laughing at some point <laughs> during the film and but it's just not his best work. It's quirky. It's unique. What yeah. was it telling me? I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just it's he, he turned up his quirkiness and strangeness to eleven, mm. and you're kind of like, okay, I'm just enjoying the ride, but you don't really come out of it like you're going. What was that about? What was he trying to? Yeah, what was he trying to say to you in that film? Do was, his movies generally have something to say, or are they just a bit of fun? I don't know. So I think here's the thing. Wes Anderson is all about how you tell a story. Mm. And I think for him it's not the story itself, it's how you tell it is Mm. what's important. So he does that through his visuals, he does that through his characters, he does that through... It's kind of like looking at Oppenheimer and going, anybody could tell that story, but how you tell that story is what was unique about Nolan's Mm. perspective, right? Mm. It's how he tells it. And that's the same with both Nolan films. It's how you tell a story. I think with Anderson, his focus is more on the the visual aesthetics um, for people to to watch. And, um, yeah, maybe he's not trying to tell you anything. Maybe he's just got a story in mind and he wants to share it with the world. It's Um, really, uh, like, there's... The the way that people don't react to things like there's a lot of subtlety to the way he he does his stuff like there's um, Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson uh, she's an actress and he's a photographer and uh, they've got like little 
bungalow kind of cottage things are side by side and their windows are facing each other so they have often have conversations uh to each other through the window but they're both so stoic and and dry Mm -hmm. and it's weird because like you're not used to seeing you know such uh limited kind of the way the interactions are but but i still found them fascinating some of my favorite bits of the film were uh, those two interacting Mm -hmm. and like she just goes oh do you want to see my nude scene and he's like yes Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and then he's making a sandwich yeah. at one point, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just really odd. Um, and uh, there, there's yeah, I, I don't know. There's stuff I don't want to give away in it because there's this one scene where there's just all these people sitting down. Uh, they're watching uh, like the the military guy give a presentation. Then something happens, and if this something happened in the real world, everyone would just. There'd be people like filming it. There'd be people running away from it. Uh, there, it just like, it, but these people were just sitting there, just watching the whole thing happen. Yes. I was like, this is weird. This is not. This would not happen at all. The thing is, it's not the real world because it's no. a play. So it's a writer writing the play, and then sometimes you see the. Uh, actors and sometimes you see the characters mm-hmm. so there's a lot in there to, to, to like you know to digest and I, I, I think it's kind of film where even though it's not his best I kind of want to see it again <laughs> to see if I can kind of understand if he was trying to get to a point yeah look I'm glad I've seen the film I enjoyed the film I just couldn't tell you what yeah what it means and it's one of those ones it's hard to summarize like people go oh you know what was it about and you go well i don't know i don't know it's just obscure and and fun and you know it's kind of quirky i don't think on the whole that i'm a massive wes anderson fan to be honest mm. i love darjeeling limited and i quite like royal tenenbaums <laughs> but other than that i can't get into his stuff generally speaking yeah. so so he is an acquired taste, but I do appreciate that he shows characters and people that are not what you would normally see on screen. So that I enjoy. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, something and they're up, just nice to look at. Yeah, acquired taste is is the perfect kind of it sums it up really well. Mm. I think. Yeah, and I, I'm the same. I'm not someone who's you know every time an Anderson, Wes Anderson film comes out, I'm like, oh my god, a new Wes Anderson film, and I'm rushing to <laughs> see it. I just go, ah, oh, new, ah, yeah. Cool, I'll give it a go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I had fun. Yeah. I had fun, and I think that's the main thing. I had fun as well. I, the thing with Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson films that just gets me is just how does, like, he afford the cast mm. that he gets? Because people love him. He's that, probably fantastic to work for. Yeah, they, they must do it, like, you know, really cut-rate prices. Cause, I mean, the, the budget for this film was $25 million, uh, which sounds like a lot, but then you got, like, you know, Scarlett Johansson in there, Tom Hanks, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Brian Cranston, Jeffrey Wright, Edward And you're Norton. not just paying for the actors. You've got to pay for the production oh, exactly. and all the crew yeah. and catering and... yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of them do it because they love working for him. And sometimes, you know, in that industry, people do a movie for me and a movie to pay the house off. Mm. And that could be their movie for them. Yeah, Mm. It's not like we do this show because we get paid. We do it because we love it. Yeah. So... It's a bit like that. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. And considering that budget of $25 million, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, <coughs> potentially green screen because of the, the set that it was. So I don't know if the production value um, 
yeah, would have been. But you still got to pay all the behind the scenes well, people, yeah. all the crew. Plus, he's, yeah, yeah. So I think he probably spends more money on, yeah, crew and cast than he does anything else. But mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm always interested to see what he does next. And I would like to go and watch The French Dispatch yeah. because it's one that I haven't seen. But uh, I can't recall any others that stand out necessarily mm. to He's me. He's kind of like a modern Woody Allen without all the baggage. Mm. <laughs> oh God, please don't say that because we're going to end up hearing something terrible about him. But oh, yes, I would agree because he, he, because of the quirkiness. Mm. And he's mm. got his he's got his style. Mm. Uh, he's got his audience. He's got the actors that love him. Mm. So yeah, mm. Mm. interesting film. Uh, I am going to score this three three memory games. Three memory games. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I think I gave it like three or three and a half. Probably meteorites or asteroids or something like that. <laughs> I mean, this seems like a cool place. If Asteroid City was a place, it'd be a place to visit. Yeah, yeah it seems yeah. pretty cool. Oh, there's uh, this, there's this one one character in the film. Uh, who I'm not not going to talk about. Just he's in two pivotal scenes, and I, I think he's fantastic. And then you get to see the actor who's playing him. It's just like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. That's worth seeing the film alone <laughs> just to see that. Yeah, no, yeah, good film. I think, yeah, Wes Anderson films will will love it. And if you're not a fan, then you don't have to go and see it or you can give it a go and have fun like we did. There's yeah. plenty of movies out at the moment. Plenty, plenty. Because it is summer from. over in the in the States, mm. so there's a plethora of things coming out. Yeah, enjoy them while they last because uh, nothing else is being made at the moment. So, <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Oh, it's been a good show, guys. We've um, delved into lots. We do have a few minutes left if anyone's got uh, anything to share. Not really. Uh, I have just started watching. Uh, I'm like, not really, but um, on Prime is a TV series called The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. It's an Australian film, uh, uh, sorry, TV series, and it's got Sigourney Weaver in it, Asha Ketty, Leah Purcell, um, who I don't know what it is about Leah Purcell. I think she was in Prisoner, but for some reason I'm like, can you just give me a hug? You look like someone who hugs people. Um, yeah, because I'm random. Um, and, yeah, so it takes place somewhere in a country town sort of thing. There's a bit of domestic violence going on and I've only watched the first episode, so I don't fully know where it's going but it was very intriguing. Has it hooked you? Yes. Is it based on a true story? I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay. No, no, no. Interesting. I'm interested to see Sigourney Weaver in an Australian production. Well, it's interesting because I can't tell if she's trying to do an Australian accent and not getting away with it ah. or she's just got a very subtle American accent. Mm. I don't know if some part, sometime in the future of the series she's going to say, well, I was born here, but I grew up in America. That's why I've got this weird accent. Ah. I don't know. Because she's definitely not delivering an Australian accent. There you go. But you still love her because it's Sigourney Weaver. Yes. So. Ooh, well, we'll have to delve more into that yeah, as it's on uh, Prime. the episodes progress. Uh, so looking forward to hearing more about that next week. And that is a wrap. Uh, bye. Catch <laughs> you later. Bye. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.